am Lemuel Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amory Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's Painless Sunday School lesson, Without Works. This week, we're going to continue with our exploration of the topic, Spiritual Warfare. When we last approached the topic, we were speaking about a recent development in the news. Paula White, presidential advisor and false prophet, had prayed for spiritual abortions for the satanic conspiracies against President Trump. We know there is not a demonic master plan led by the Democratic Party, but that brings up an interesting topic. Why are fundamentalists so eager to see these evil conspiracies? Well, it goes back away and it involves old acquaintances like Jack Chick. We will cover that in this week's segment, The More You Know. In 1973, Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Padzer began treating a woman named Michelle Smith. May I ask if that is her actual name or if her, uh, I believe that is her actual name. She he used a, a, a um, false name when he was writing the book on her that we'll discuss afterwards. Okay. Uh, she was suffering depression after having a miscarriage. During one revealing session, Miss Smith had a traumatic break and began speaking in what Padzer described as a child's voice, alluding to events too terrible to fully recollect. Under hypnosis, she recalled being ritually abused by her mother and other members of the satanic coven when she was five. So this happened in 1973? Uh-huh. I mean, the, the uh, treatment, sessions. the sessions. Right. Do we know how old she was? How far removed that this I would do have not been? Know. No. Okay, so it sounds to me, with my psychology minor, like she might have what is now referred to as DID. Dissociative Identity Disorder. Tell me more. Uh, That was once known as multiple personalities. Ah, okay. It's it's, it's the voice thing. Uh But it might also just be, uh, well, it could be many, many things. But I don't, well. Well, here, let me continue. Even if she was abused, Uh I have, I take sticking, I I get a sticking point when we get to say the quote, the, the, the phrase satanic Kevin, but I'm curious to see where this goes. Well, see, when I was younger, there was a, a very famous and celebrated case in a book and several uh, films based on the idea of um, multiple personalities, yes. all about Eve and Sybil. And so that put it in the public, sort of in a frame of reference for yeah. people who had no idea about psychology, so it was considered to be a real thing. Right. And when it was... Well, it- is a well, real uh, thing. It is, but I think like amnesia, it's not something that happens. Right, no. The media version of what it is right. and what it is are two different things. <laughs> yes. So over the next 14 months, uh, Padzer learned more about the cult uh, and its reach from Ms. Smith and the connection to other devil cults that preyed on children. He began to believe that the groups formed a vast murderous conspiracy, a danger to law and order and moral right, he was so convinced of this that in 1978, he traveled to the Vatican to warn the Catholic Church about the dangers of these Satanists. Okay, so over 14 months, he learned from 1973 to 1974 or 1975, depending on when, mm-hmm. uh, he learned about this vast conspiracy from one person who was under hypnosis at right. the time. And she was giving very detailed information about plots and how it connected to other satanic networks. But again, these are repressed memories that right. were brought out under hypnosis, which and is... When, when she was... Do we know if when she was confronted with these in her waking state, if she had any... She didn't seem to. At least that was the idea behind the book. Interesting. Okay. Right. Um, so in 1978, two day, or five years after this started, He's he went to the Vatican to say... The Satanists are coming. The Satanists are coming. Right. Well, no, it was more like the Satanists are here, and they've infiltrated all uh, parts of society. That's wild. Now, he's in Canada. Uh-huh. She's in Canada? She is also in Canada. Okay. Uh, they were both practicing Catholics, which is probably why he went to the Vatican first. I don't know what kind of reception he received there. Which, who was the Pope at this time? Was this the John Paul time? Um, this might be, because... Um, he started to be Pope in 1978. I bet it was. I, um, I'm going to say that it was. Definitively. Okay. No. <laughs> Probably Pope John Paul II, who, in my mind, is always going to be Pope. He was the right. Pope when I was born, and so I guess that's it. He's the he's my Pope. Like, everybody has their doctor. Their president. Their <laughs> right. So, um, 
1980, Hadzar, and again, I don't know if the reception he received at the, the Vatican was warm or cold. Okay. But he decided We to just go, know that he went there. Yeah, he went there. Okay. In 1980, Hadzar published a book, Michelle Remembers, about the revelations made by Ms. Smith during her therapy. The publicity from the case made Padzer an expert on the subject, consulting with the police and making public appearances. Okay, so in no, at no point are we seeing any kind of diagnosis other than repressed memories. Well, I'm not sure what the diagnosis is that he came up with the book. He honestly believed that everything that she was saying was true. That's fine. And that he was uh, convinced of it. Now, but trauma can affect us in different ways. Mm-hmm. Also, outside of trauma, we there are mental um, diseases that mm-hmm. she could have been suffering from. You don't know what she was diagnosed with? No idea. Here's a deeply upsetting sentence. A, it's a 1980 book co-written by Canadian psychiatrist Lawrence Padzer and a psychiatric patient and eventual wife, yes. Michelle we get Smith. That. I spoiled myself. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> um, hold on, let me just see. Okay, see if there was a diagnosis. Treating her for depression. Mm-hmm. So depression, that's a legitimate... More legitimate than... Well, DID is a legitimate diagnosis. No, no, no. Depression I mean... isn't de- but no, it, it looks like depression is the diagnosis at this okay. at this point. point. Uh, okay. So Padzer, he uh, then became an expert. He was consulted everywhere. He was on television. Mm-hmm. When the McMartin preschool case uh, became news in 1983, Padzer was asked to consult. Now, in 1983, a parent named Judy Johnson claimed that two teachers at uh, the McMartin preschool, one of whom was her ex-husband, had molested her son. Okay, now let's put a pause on this. Where is the McMartin preschool? Is that in the U.S. or in Canada? Yes. It's in the U.S. Okay, Uh that's fine. All right. The stories became the basis for a police investigation, and with his expertise in satanic groups, Padzer was able to provide valuable clues to help lead the investigation. Eventually, 360 children claimed to be ritually abused, recounting stories about orgies, demonic rituals, hidden tunnels under the school, a secret toilet that flushed children directly into a molestation chamber, cannibalism, blood-drinking ceremonies that gave them the power to fly, and a celebrity Satan worshipper uh, that visited their evil cult, who was Chuck Norris. Okay, no, I'm going to time it out. Please. <laughs> it's a where to start question for right. me at this point. All right. A woman accuses her ex husband and another teacher of molesting her son. Yes. From that case, which may be true uh-huh. or may not be, right. we'll get there. But mm-hmm. from that one seed, and we don't know what the deal between this ex, like this marriage was. Right. Um, eventually, 360 children claim to be abused. Now, were these claims being made by people who were children at the time, or children, or was it over like a long period of time? Were led through an investigation by researchers based, uh, or by psychologists, and by counselors based on Padzer's list of clues. Right, but uh-huh. were they children? They are were, we are we talking about three to five year olds? We're talking about children that were also a little bit older, but yes, we were talking about children. So three, say three to ten. Mm-hmm. So three, you go into preschool, say at three, right. three. You have to usually be potty yes. trained, right? Oh, I so, think you'd be older than that. I mean, younger than that, but yes, that was about the so age. So, but we're talking about so okay. So two to ten, mm-hmm. two to ten are the ages that we are we are discussing here. First of all, this preschool is too big. Three hundred and sixty students is oh. a lot of students. Just off the. Top. I imagine that they were current and past students, people who had been there. So okay. there might have been some still children interviewed that were no longer attending. But they, but nobody was an adult at this. Like no, it wasn't no. like years or decades mm-hmm. of. Okay, okay. So that's one. So we have adults, overzealous adults, who believe that something terrible is happening, introducing the concepts of cannibalism and molestation into the minds of 360 babies. Right. That's what's happening here. Well, this is where the stories become why it was convincing at the time that it was happening. And I remember watching a TV movie. Because what child would know what that is? What kid would know about 
these kind of strange rituals and these horrible things. Now, mind you... Well, anyone that was asked about them repeatedly, like they were mm -hmm. in a police interrogation. There has been, there have been witch uh, hysterias, there have been vampire hysterias, both in the, the United States and in Europe for hundreds of years. Yes. They are all strikingly similar in that they mm -hmm. describe things like this. And there are, I mean, there is that... Uh, I mean, we, so much so... We refer to it mm, as mass hysteria, but right. there is a thing, especially among adolescent teen girls, where symptoms manifest and spread right. psychosomatically. Now, something that... But these are right. babies. These are babies. I found it very... The whole notion of... Uh, blood drinking that gave them children the ability to fly is actually the opening scenes of the film The Witch. Oh, indeed. And it is because that was a belief at the time. How this medieval belief got introduced to these children is very puzzling to me. Right. It feels to me that they it came via it, religious fanatic of some sort. But it they want to pin it on. Satanists. Well, and this but, is the reason why I find this case so interesting. It was, it's less a matter because it gets seen to be part of the conservative Christian movement of the 80s, but it's also, it was instigated by a person who was a trained psychologist and, yeah. psych, and his methods. And it calls into question the, the, the kind of methods that psychology uses. We were uh, watching a television program the other day, mm -hmm. which is, well, there's the woo-woo strangeness of religion, but there's also the woo-woo strangeness of psychology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's right. And hyp hypnosis is, can be uh -huh. a very useful tool. It can also be poking in someone's head. It can also be, right. or either untrained mm -hmm. or unscrupulous people can influence right. people who have been hypnotized. That's the whole deal now, with hypnosis. I'm not sure exactly. I don't, don't know if the children themselves in this case mm -hmm. were, anything was done for them to put them into an altered state if they were hypnotized. Right, or, or if it was just, did this happen? And then right. the other thing is, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so -and -so all said this happened. Did right. this happen to you too? Kids want to be like other kids. Right. And at the time, because I remember when this was going on, it was lured, it was horrifying, the idea that it was going on. But here, and I get that, and I'm uh, worried about children too, especially, right, I mean, exactly. it's scary to give your baby to a stranger for eight mm -hmm. hours a day. That, I understand, that yes. comes with a lot, a great deal of stress for parents. I get it. Where you lose me a little, as an adult, with a brain in my head, is uh. there was a toilet that could flush the children to molestation chambers. Well... If if you know uh -huh. literally anything about plumbing, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, it did remind me of the toilet flushing transportation chambers in Harry Potter. Yes, that it's seems like not... a very much. And also, it also seems to make a great deal of sense that if you're talking to a group of children, impressionable children, they're going to say Chuck Norris was present. Which to me That's is the poor wildest. Chuck Norris. Like, right. how did he get? Why and me? Because I'm his own a business. redhead? What? Rude. Chuck Norris, conservative Christian himself, going, wait, what? I, what? I don't know. Yeah. Part of me also wants to pin a lot of this on the Vatican and the Vatican. Catholicism. Uh -huh. For the same reason that when my mother at her first communion freaked uh -huh. out because she believed that there was flesh and blood in her mouth. Right. I need the Catholic Church to be okay with the fact that things are metaphors and then explain that clearly this? because there's no magic portal that uh, you can flush yeah, a but, child through to molestation. But the Catholic Church has you believe that there are but this mad this was not, not a Catholic school. No, this no, no. A, I understand that. Uh, but the people who believe that these satanic magical things are real uh, are Catholics. Now, I need you to also remember that this again was a secular investigation involving the police. So it was not a religious orga uh, organization leading the investigation. These were people I don't know how much of the, this they took seriously because to me, when you're Nobody saying the who kids a, knew that they could fly, that's where I'm at. That's where no I'm, no police officer is going to be like, well, we've got to stop giving these kids the blood, or they're right. going to fly. That's not 
That's not... I don't know what led this on. <laughs> okay. It just, it got very the, much out of the hand. But the people who believe that, I think, are mm. people who are in a church. And I'm going to blame ca- the Catholic mm. Church because Padzer and Michelle Smith are Catholic. Right. So that's the, I'm not sure the tradition yeah. out of which they're coming. Mm-hmm. But this magical realism that they have imparted right. into the story comes from the magical realism that the Catholic Church denotes and I need the Catholic Church to just be like, no, 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 no. What we're talking about is metaphor. There it's not magic. <laughs> well this yeah. Th- I, I don't know why some of these were taken seriously. I think they were just taken as a group. I am sure that some of the people conducting the investigation did not believe that any of the children flew or that Chuck Norris was involved in any way. Right. Or but it seemed like if you're talking to a five year old boy, Chuck Norris, you know, he's the coolest guy. Of course he was around. The idea of cannibalism, too, like, none of these kids disappeared. Right. Who are they? What do you... Well, we'll, we'll cover okay, that we're in gonna a minute. Get there. Not okay. specifically this, but where the idea is where these children came from now. It's just... it. I just want to draw a quick parallel mm-hmm. to, quote-unquote, fake news. Right. Like, but real fake news. The right. fake news that is per, just everywhere being... Um, perpetrated now, yes. Perpetrated now by, you know, Russian and Ukrainian... Uh, tr- troll mm-hmm. in uh, in pursuit of various uh, ends. And if you read a thing so that here. if you read a mm. story that just that either makes you further dug in mm-hmm. to an extreme belief that you were ha- you were having before, or that just doesn't make any sense, just because it's written down and appears on your Facebook page doesn't mean that it's in any way factual. And also remember when this is. This is in the 80s. Right. The dissemination of information moved very slowly. Right. In in the modern world, I think this would be a news cycle that would be investigated and gone through thoroughly, and there would be a lot of yeah, I just accurate need, criticism of it. And I just need, like... Maybe or maybe not, given the, the political environment these days. Logical thinking applied to mm-hmm. claims made by... Babies. Right, but and also stop putting these terrible because these kids now are traumatized regardless. Of oh, they whether... were traumatized at the time. I don't. Not everyone believed that this was going on, and I think that the danger to the children was also uh, there was also a danger to the people at the preschool who worked there. No, of course, and were being accused of horrible things. Yes, and but like by digging into this completely illogical idea. Mm-hmm. And bringing these ideas into these children's minds, presuming that they were not, in fact, being molested and mm-hmm. flying because they were eating other people, because that that they may have been molestation. I'm never going to say mm-hmm. is never well, an, uh, you know totally off the table. This was, but all the other stuff. The beginning of awareness of child molestation. And I think it was one of the first times that it became an open topic in conversation where people could discuss this. So it unfortunately, it, it, uh, the 80s was a strange time, the the whole Rambo thing, mm. right? Vietnam veterans were ostracized returning from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the 1980s, there was a course correction, and they were suddenly accepted and turned into sort of gladiatorial heroes. And that was carried on in films and in television, and we were honoring them retroactively, you know, years later down the line. And I think that there was a sort of similar... Um, event where we didn't talk about this kind of thing for years, and now we're going to discuss it. Now we're going to have open conversations about it. We're going to overcompensate almost to where even the strangest request, uh, the strangest claims has to be listened to. This, and and this, this ties directly back into the first spiritual warfare thing Mm -hmm. that we were talking about when I was like, so molestation is bad enough. Right. Why do we need to bring Satan into it as well? Like, why are we not just dealing with the basic horrors of reality and that I are think, concrete, litigationable, or, you know, actionable? And that's the reason. Why then do we have to put this whole dark actor behind everything? Well, uh, there, I'm sure there were people who did not believe in Satan who were prosecuting the case because, still, whether or not there is a Satan, or whether or not there were any Satanists, they certainly did believe that people were being If these molested. kids are being abused, right. that the question we deal is, with. you're given a checklist by a person who's a renowned authority on this particular... A person with a degree, a person who is a 
published author and an authority on the subject saying, look for these things. And no. when you see those things, you're going, to, or you see anything that indicates that, they're going to start going, all right, then this fits into this category of ritual abuse. This, this Okay. So this also fits back into my same question with mm-hmm. Paula White. Does she believe the things that they're saying? Did Padzer believe... To. Let me finish my question because mm-hmm. that doesn't answer my question because it's an mm-hmm. or question. I have an or question. All right. Did Padzer believe that these the people perpetrating the, the abuse were Satanists and were getting... Um, all of this magic, like, and that the magic part was real, or did he believe that they believed that they were Satanists and believed that the magic stuff was real, but it wasn't real? Like, which of those did he believe? It seems to be based on the fact that he went to Rome to argue the point that he believed that there was a vast satanic conspiracy. I don't know if But is believed... that person-made or... Okay, so... Well, I'm trying to answer your question. Okay, go ahead. I do not know that he believed that people flew or had magic toilets. Okay. I think that he might have thought as a psychiatrist, and again, this is giving him some sort of semblance of rationality, which I'm not sure is, that he believed that children fabricated parts about flying or magic toilets to cover deeper trauma. Okay. They had some sort of fantasy story about okay. it. Okay. So I don't think that any of, all of it was taken at face value. So he would have believed in the, the, the quote-unquote real world of the, the, there's a cadre, a, a group of bad people mm-hmm. who, whether or not they believe that Satan will give them powers in mm-hmm. exchange for these terrible acts. They're doing these terrible acts. Right. And it's the people that are the root of the problem. Well, the, yeah, and the people, Not that right. there is Satan sitting across from these people directing right. them what we to can't, do. If there was a Satan to okay. prosecute, then we can't prosecute them, but we can prosecute the people. Right, but I just, I just, I, I'm always curious about how mm-hmm. much of the supernatural piece are people believing. I like when Paula White says, "Give my church your money, and you will be prosperous." Mm-hmm. Does she believe that? <laughs> when when Padzer says these kids are he, these kids are being abused and the proof of it is this all of this supernatural stuff. Mm-hmm. Does he believe that the supernatural stuff is actually happening or does he believe that that's trauma created by these kids? It's just, it's like what what do you actually think is happening? <laughs> well, I think what we can gather is that he seemed to honestly believe the children were being molested. Okay. And he believed that there was some sort of ritual, um, I'm not sure exactly how to put it, some sort of ritual done to, the, the abuse was done to some sort of ritual method. In a, in a ritualistic the way. The same way that a serial killer chooses perp- methods to kill right, people. Right, whether or not the perpetrators believed that Satan was going to bring them anything mm-hmm. in exchange for this terrible now, behavior, the or uh-huh. they said that they believed that just to, to give themselves rationalization for their right. terrible behavior, or that he pl- just smeared that on top of just straight-up terrible molestation. Right. Uh, the, there are sort of three options here. Part of what he or, believed. Or, that was real. Also, that's a possibility. So those are four possibilities. Right. Um, or um, an ex-wife was real mad at an ex-husband and right. started a whole situation. So now, one thing, and again, Padger discussed his discoveries at the McMartin Preschool mm-hmm. on a highly rated TV show, 2020. Oh, 2020. And I remember on, yeah. watching that episode. Uh, in 1986, he was part of the Cult Impact Crime Network, lecturing alongside other cult experts like Mike Warnicke on the dangers of satanic cults. Now, Mike Warnicke had a personal knowledge of just how dangerous satanic cults were. He was a decorated Vietnam veteran, and a stand-up comic, an ordained bishop in the Syro-Chaldean Church, and he'd written a book in 1972 called The Satan Seller, describing his debasement into a cult leader, attending black masses with Charlie Manson, uh, orgies, assassination attempts made by his former companions once he left the satanic church. 
Now, wait, Monarchy, wait, 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 yeah. So this is a man who claims to have been a part of the Church of Satan, but yes. not, not now, the Church of Satan. Now let's, that's not the Church of Satan. Let's discuss this because I know that was going to come up. There yeah. is a Church of Satan organized by Anton LaVey. Yeah. It is a non-theistic organization. It right. doesn't believe in the supernatural at nope. all. It's a hedonistic it's organization. A hedonistic organization for kind of like the guys in, in Woodshop who always made fun of the teacher. That's how they always seem to me. But whatever. I I, I know several people who are mm-hmm. members of the Church of State and they, uh, yeah, they yeah. like to fucking do whatever they want to right. do. Like that's, that's I mean, well, I'll take that out. But and, then, like it's it's about right. giving into your basely pleasures and not... Not relying on a paternalistic Right, deity. but they also at the same time have a great deal of fun mocking organized religion. And they do. If you, if I was, for instance, to attend a service, I would be horribly offended because they do do a lot of they do. They deliberately offensive deliberately things. Deliberately offensive people. things, but they also do it within the circle of like-minded people. Yeah. So I don't, so, they're, they're not going into a church and debasing no, no, it. No, they're not. They're doing it in their own... Right, exactly. areas and just going we think and that I, this is ridiculous we all as a group think this mm-hmm. is ridiculous so let's mock it together right. it's basically like mstk 3000 for church right yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's fine and that's and, what people and, have the perfect but they right have, to do they are not they are not violent mm-hmm. by and large uh they are not they are probably what what Fine church-going folk would consider um, sexually offensive, right? Because they are a little bit freer in their sexual proclivities than the aforementioned fine church-going folk. But they they also do not worship Satan. Mm-hmm. They are not calling demons. They are not. No. Uh, there is no cannibalism. There is no, no. ritualized no. violence. They do not hurt this animals. Is, right. but none of that. This is not to say there aren't. Satanists with the Gilderets version of Satanism. That could be practiced as well. I'm sorry, I don't understand what uh, you just said. Gilderets, who is a Satanist, or rather a um, a person who practiced serial pedophilia and worshipped uh, dark gods. Those people existed in history. Okay, yes. Um, and, I'm uh, saying, and, and I'm sure that there are people like that, but the Church of Satan that was founded by Anton LaVey is, is not, not that. No, No, most people who would fall into the... Satanists mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and 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 they follow along the same uh, mold as witches in Salem, mm-hmm. right? People who worship a Satan mm-hmm. and do usually do some sort, some types of blood magic. Right. Uh, this is where we get, you know, any kind of ritualized mm-hmm. killing that right. we see with uh, pentagrams or. Mm-hmm. Typically, these are. This is not a network of no. uh, groups. It is not a deep. Well, there's no evidence of that, right? Thing. No, there never has been. Okay. There has been flares where people thought that was a thing mm-hmm. at various points in the last two thousand years, but it's never been any kind of um, proven, extensive. <laughs> right. System. So, so I remember when the Satan Cellar came out. I was, uh, I was a guest at another church. Oh, so this guy, Mike Warnicke, yeah, is he a person who basically started a cult of that second type? No, he was a member of a larger cult. He was introduced into Satanism after he was disillusioned. He said with uh, coming back from the, the Vietnam War as a decorated veteran and being, you know, having all the hostility of the well, culture at the time. So yeah, he, I don't even love the term Satanism. Like, right, well, I mean, it's that's just whatever this cult leader decided right. to so call he what he was doing. He was attending these black masses with, uh, with Charles Manson. Uh-huh. That he, uh, he had horrible long claw fingernails and ba- was very much the image of the kind of boogeyman that you would see mm-hmm. in a conservative environment. He turned his back on that. The former uh, devil worshippers tried to kill him through a heroin overdose. He saw the light, came to Jesus, and then he started doing crusades with an evangelist named Morris Cerullo, who was very popular. Is that was he tried to was he almost assassinated? Is that true? That's the story that he told. So no. <laughs> and he was also influential to Mr. Jack Chick, who we've met before. Yeah. 
his stories about Satanists creeping in corners yes. and infiltrating churches. Cartoon and, demons in every right. corner working against us and tripping us and whatnot. Yes. Right. So as late as 1989, Padzer, going back to him, was still, he was making appearances in Oprah Winfrey alongside a, a former church organist and a satanic abuse survivor, Laurel Rose Wilson. Did she marry him too? No. She made a very frightening claim that she was raped and made to bear babies for the exclusive purposes of being sacrificed to Satan. She's Rosemary. So she, but... Well, no, I no, guess because, not. Because Rosemary's baby was Satan's baby. baby. Right. In this case, she was having the babies that would have been the kind that were sacrificed at McMartin Preschool. In other words, she was a baby machine so they could use for human sacrifice. That was her claim. That doesn't right. even make sense. No. Like... This, the idea that mm-hmm. there is both systems like McMartin Preschool that that ha- where these kids are free, and also none of the kids from McMartin Preschool were ever killed, right? That, no, they, what no, they're saying, claiming, was that the kind of babies that this woman made, that there were baby mills somewhere producing babies that were used for ritual just sacrifice. Just off-books babies That's that could just disappear? That's what this woman disappear. was claiming. She had at least two pregnancies that were then, and, you know, the baby was taken away and sacrificed to Satan. I just don't. You, you tell me that story, and I tell you that the nice man in the white coat is going to come and give you a lovely shot of Ativan, and and we're just going to remain calm and sit here together. But I do not believe that that is a true thing that you are saying. But it got so much into the culture, as we talked about, you know, we've been discussing. There wasn't even an episode of The X-Files yeah. that covered this. It was everywhere. So the panic started with a doctor who became infatuated with a patient. Padzer and Smith divorced their current spouses and married each other. Oof. At that point, as soon as anybody mm. knows that detail, this story should be done. No, Because that is the epitome of professional abuse. The, what is curious to me about that is that they were both practicing Catholics who don't allow for divorce. In, especially not in 1980 or 70-something. That's very so interesting. Hazard drew out these lurid stories under hypnosis that were later discovered to be factually wrong, especially to the details of Miss Smith's growing up. All right, we the, there were interviews later done with her mom, who has no idea that any of this is going on. The details that she had conflicted with the details of her actual where she life. was right. located and where she grew up. That's why. Uh, but but once again, like mm-hmm. I want to go back to the very mm-hmm. very basic. This psychiatrist is abusing his pa- if if a psychiatrist marries his patient that is abuse this woman is he's claiming a survivor of terrible abuse and all he's doing is further abusing her he should be in jail no I would almost want to see what the terms of the divorce were. Is it that you've become infatuated with this patient and you spent 14 months psychoanalyzing her and hypnotizing her and the end result is that you decide to marry her. Uh, it, it seems very strange. It, it seems almost like he was playing Pygmalion and sculpting the image uh, of this very, actor, yes. lurid ideas he had. Yeah. So we know that at first. 1980, uh, so 1989, he's still making public appearances, even though the stories are being discredited before. So Michelle's points. story is right. being discredited. discredited. Now, Laurel Rose Wilson, the woman that we just spoke about, yeah. who is you know, a baby farm, she joined Padzer for Oprah's appearance. She was exposed by three journalists in Cornerstone, which is a Christian-themed magazine that covered religious issues. So a, a magazine that I, as a terrible person on the outside, mm. would presume would believe her right. story. Okay. No. <laughs> so these journalists at Cornerstone become an important part of the story. Okay. And that's why I wanted to recast this, not to put any blame on the secular media, okay. but that it was the religious media who first started going, wait a second, so the journalist at Cornerstone um, discovered that Laurel was Laurel Wilson had a long history of mental illness and had fabricated stories before. She was exposed by Cornerstone. She just changed her name, claimed to be a Jewish Holocaust survivor. Oh, so so her yeah. stories of terrible abuse switched from "I was a mm-hmm. Satan baby factory" to "I was a yes." A Jewish I, Holocaust survivor. I she's was in the camps. Neither Jewish nor was she ever in the camps. Wow. Uh, she so kept, she's got some sort of right um, Munchausen yes, syndrome. That seems to be of the case. Some sort. Okay. But she'd wow. had a long history of mental illness, and the fact that 
more of the secular media did not approach this was really curious to me. Well, it's hard to, well, less hard then, I think, mm-hmm. but knowing that somebody has a history of mental illness should be a difficult thing to right. understand or to get because, well, now there's HIPAA laws, right? right? You can't, unless I sign a piece of paper that says somebody else can see my mental history, my mental health history, right? you could file every Freedom of Information Act you want, mm-hmm. a request you want, but you're not going to get my mental health history. Yeah. So that is a, I think, you know, before HIPAA, it's probably easier. And what probably happened was they were approached by this woman's physicians mm-hmm. and just went, so well, they also, you they, guys should, somebody needs to know that this is happening. There were happening. three journalists. They did very specific investigations into the woman's past. So right. at the very least, if you know the person's been committed before or had been, you can but still you, tell those. But you that. shouldn't right. be able to know. Like, that's the thing. Right. Like, the, those records are pretty closely held unless, mm-hmm. you know, a physician or another person on the staff is, like, seeing what this woman is claiming yeah. and going, um... Let me just point you in a direction, right? right? Like, so after her exposure, she uh, attempts to be the Holocaust survivor. So this is gross. just what she does. Yeah. Now, mind you, she had written a best-selling book. Well, there are people under this, with these stories, the, the the being the Satanic Baby Factory. She had written a book. She'd made an appearance on Oprah. She'd made probably a great deal of money off of this, right. and then she just when she's to exposed, another... finds another way of playing the tragic victim. And there have been, there's a documentary about a mm-hmm. woman who claimed to be a 9-11 survivor who mm-hmm. was not. Right. You know, it's, so this is a thing that yes. happened. This is a thing that happened. This woman just rose to the public eye mm-hmm. with this right. tragedy acting. I don't like the phrase crisis actor because 900% of the time it's not a true thing. This yeah. woman is a, is a crisis so actor. So a year after Cornerstone exposed Laurel Rose Wilson, they exposed Mike Warnicky. Hey, I didn't think that this dude was going to... I'm like, so you are a stand-up comedian? He was a Vietnam veteran. Okay. He was decorated for being injured. Uh, uh, purple Heart. But at the same time, he exaggerated that a great deal. They found photographic evidence that Warnicky, at the time he was supposed to be a debauched Satan-worshipping addict with long, claw-like nails and a shaggy head of hair, they found pictures of him from that period of time, just a clean-cut, well-dressed kid with a vivid imagination for self-aggrandizing stories. He's the James Frey of his time. He never <laughs> met Charles Manson. Wow. Well, good, because some people who did... Did not survive the experience. And after initial resistance and a pastoral intervention from people at the church he was at, he admitted the story was entirely fabricated because he liked getting the attention. This is why he made the transition to stand-up comedian. Because yeah, he just, just likes the roar of the tell crowd. Tell stories in right. front of a... Like, but let them know you're telling them stories. Yes. Humans like stories. What we don't like is being told, this is a true story. I mean, what's your definition of true? <laughs> Okay. Judy Johnson, who started the McMartin Panic, mm-hmm. was hospitalized for schizophrenia shortly after making the accusations that started all the trouble. So wait a minute. While the thing was going, while the investigations yes, are going she was on, the original for person who who fingered her ex husband yes. was hospitalized for schizophrenia, and the and they continued the yes. She died of all complications. of the people. All of the right. people who were involved in that investigation, owe all 360 of those children who were brought into this uh, all the money for all of the therapy that they're ever going to need for the rest of their lives. Well, so she died of complications from chronic alcoholism before the case even started. That's The McMartin preschool case ended after six years without a single conviction. It currently holds the record as the longest and at $15 million, the most expensive criminal child in the history of the United States. All charges were dropped, and there was no conclusive evidence that anyone had been molested, much less victimized by Satan worshippers. And yes, Chuck Norris, undefeated karate champion, international movie star, and conservative Christian, uh, was not involved and was never a Satan worshipper. Well, I don't know. I don't know anything about what he does in his personal life. Mm -hmm. It's none of my business. But he's not a Satan. Can we? I really, I need to keep harping on the fact Uh that. Nothing bad happened to these kids, and now they all were taught about 
molestation. Mm-hmm. They were taught about cannibalism. Mm-hmm. These are babies. Yes. I'm going to make a really terrible and probably apples to oranges comparison, but I need people uh-huh. who believe in, I need religious people mm-hmm. to get off any kind of high horse about how we talk to our children about gay people when they are okay with asking a four-year-old if they were molested or had eaten people. Like, Mm. no, I understand. Um, I'm like, I'm (laughs) at a loss. Nothing happened to start this. So all of these terrible ideas were introduced by the adults into the minds of these children. And now all these children, 360 children uh-huh. have this trauma of knowing what that stuff is mm-hmm. because a woman was mad at her ex-husband. Yes. A woman with a history of problems was mad at her ex-husband. Now, so as we've seen, all of the people involved in creating this hysteria were all questionable to begin with, all had their own issues. And Padzer, he maintains that his techniques were sound and at the very least his patient genuinely believed her story. That's fine. I genuinely believe many things that I know are not right and no. true. And I know that they're not right It feels very much like I've washed my hands of it while well, that was... but That's absolutely I've washed my hands of it. That is, if, if, if I went into Pazzer mm-hmm. and I legitimately said, I am Jesus Christ, I am the second coming of Jesus Christ, and right. I... And he believed that I believed it. He would then go to the world and tout me as Jesus Christ. You know what I'm not? The second coming of Jesus I Christ. I think that even if I believe it, he, he's a psychiatrist, and he should know. He should know better. A little bit better, but he also should have known better than to marry his patient. It's interesting that of that. The warning signs to me were there the he entire should, time. That, he should have his credentials right. stripped from him. He sh- if you marry your patient, you should never be allowed to practice again. I, and you certainly shouldn't be allowed to go into a court of law mm-hmm. or a police precinct right. as an expert of anything other than professional failure. Now, I, I find it interesting. Um, the, one of the points I would like to continue to, to assert is that in the Internet age this kind of thing would be less likely to happen. Because if Cornerstone had exposed two of his, the, the, the leaders of the sort of satanic panic idea yeah. years earlier, and then he's still making appearances, yeah. that means that that there wasn't enough serious questioning of his credibility or people were putting him on television because he had high ratings. I would like to believe that that's mm-hmm. true, but there are deep corners of the internet yeah. where... Conspiracy theories still exist to the point that a gunman went into a pizza parlor in Washington because they thought the Clintons were running a child sex ring out of it. 100% fabricated. That does not... So, so, yeah. You know, there are... The internet Uh is great for shedding light if you want light to be shed. But if you want to live in the dark, the dark is there and it welcomes you. So it's... It's a really (laughs) kind of a dangerous... And again, emphasize, the Clintons are not running a sex ring, but that's a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it happened in 2016, so it's not... But it seems like the lifespan of some of these things are much shorter now. I think that's right. And so it's easier to get to the bottom of stuff, I don't... For better or for worse. Yes. I think these people, aside from Padzer... um, Warnicky and the others, they were so uh, openly fraudulent. They were yeah. so easy to investigate and discover that something was wrong. Right. Well, and I mean, there are other, and there are several other cases mm-hmm. that got caught up in this time period right. with this mindset that, you know, that are much smaller in the, the West Memphis Three come directly uh-huh. to mind, right? Uh-huh. They've all now been released in a really shady way. Uh-huh. But they were all convicted basically because the oldest one had black hair and listened to heavy metal ma- music. And I think now he identifies as a pagan. But mm-hmm. um, because of that, 
the likely uh, person who committed the child murder for which they went to jail is free, and they lost their lives. And when they were released, because there was no evidence that they did it, and right. everyone knows that they didn't do it, but 20 years after they were put in jail, they were released not as innocent, but as, well, we can't prove it. So sign off that we can't prove it, but you're still guilty. And it's gross. Yes. <laughs> it's disgusting. But it, they were caught up in the same yeah. mindset, it, it's, right? It's, um, once it gets going, it's hard to stop. I think that for a lot of people my age, um, at 50, they grew up during this. And so it's a part of the background noise of your life. And so when you introduce other ridiculous theories into their heads, they're going to be more likely to believe it because they is have Is that this... what it is? Yeah, because to me, mm -hmm. I hear this, and as a person who has taken one critical thinking class, mm -hmm. I just go, well, none of this makes any sense. It doesn't make sense. Why to... wouldn't we ask more questions than just presume... I mean, we also believed in, in this case, those of us who believed in Satan, but there were also people who believed in the rights of the doctors. And why would the doctor do something wrong? Maybe there's some sort of great, horrible thing that has to be exposed. So this is yeah. also it, the it responsibility also of like, a, a community that just, that automatically has to be believed. It just, it's also just like, I just, I get hung up on these weird little thought patterns, like... Mm. We believe this, but we don't believe any women when they say that they're raped. Yes, it is like, very strange that we'll believe but, it for but children. Men but men rape women this. all the time. Satan does not present himself in our life on mm -hmm. a regular basis. Like, why is one so easy for people, some some right. groups of people to understand um, and believe wholeheartedly and without second thought, mm -hmm. regardless of the sort of lunacy of because it's not even like they believed that they that they were satanists mm -hmm. and then they molested me under that guise right? right it's there's this deep satanic situation mm -hmm. where magic is real but meanwhile you were definitely not abused by your boss yeah like it's so strange to me. It's what we discussed when we were talking about Jack Chick, in that there are some people who want to believe that the supernatural is constantly intruding to their everyday lives and they have a heroic part to play in making decisions for it. And I don't know why it's so important for these people to go on giving themselves that sense of importance. It's possible Michelle Smith believed absolutely everything that right. she said. Okay. Believing something doesn't make it factual. Uh -huh. There are facts, and and this was and then there are the realm. This is not the realm of spirituality. This is not the realm of metaphor. She was talking about her actual mother doing this, right. and the people in the McMartin cases were pointing at people and saying that mm -hmm. person did that to me. And when it becomes that, then there's a real problem because. Think about the money and the time spent in the McMartin case with absolutely nothing proven and no evidence that anything ever happened. Yeah. So, and all they had to do was look back at the original issue mm -hmm. and go, this isn't... Does this person have a reason for making these claims about this other person? Right. They have an interest in it. Does this person have a background where we should be listening to them? And that's, especially when you're listening to accusers, you do have to take that into consideration. You do. It's and not I victim shaming necessarily. It's I, don't, not. I understand that, but that, that could but be a also, problem too. Attacking that the whole thing should have been mm -hmm. deeply investigated. I think all accusations of molestation should be Absolutely. deeply investigated mm -hmm. in a private way because the accusation can destroy somebody's life. If born out to be true, I'm sure it destroyed the lives of these be, children and these adults. Should be litigated to the fullest extent of the law, mm -hmm. absolutely. But if it's a he said, she said, the child knows nothing about what's happening. the The accuser is mentally ill and a substance abuser. Like mm -hmm. maybe what happens in this case is that child is removed. From both parents, yeah, 
and both parents are scrutinized until deemed either safe or uh, arrested. The, yeah. And, and that's it. And 359 children don't learn what cannibalism is. Yeah. And don't get introduced to the ideas of molestation. I would be interested in seeing uh, this point, a backward look at what happened with these kids and being. Yeah, like having, a seven up series right. on what happened to these children. Yeah. Although, at the same time, like, I'd love to know that, but I also hope that I nobody knows respected. exactly. I, I hope nobody knows that these kids are those kids. But I, I Because think... they're my age now. They're mm-hmm. a, a little bit old, in their mm-hmm. 40s, right? 40s up to your age, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm, I was born in 1980, and you were born in 1970, so right in between 1969, there. 1969, but yeah. Well, okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to give you a little break on your age, but if you want <laughs> no, that whole extra year, you can have it. it. As we've learned today, veracity is an important thing. I guess thing. that's right. Yes, words matter. Facts matter. <laughs> that's fair. You're right. But I, I think that... Um, but thank you. <laughs> it's a thought that counts. Yeah, this this story to me it shows how this idea it's just weird. This idea caught on with people who don't necessarily believe any of these things either. And I understand that the world is a scary place, mm-hmm. and you want to give it a framework, right? And maybe it le- lends you no comfort to understand that sometimes people are bad. And do bad things, not because Satan is whispering to them mm-hmm. or promising them power, but because they themselves are bad mm-hmm. and do bad things because it pleases them to do so. Right. Uh, and so if that's like the, the most chilling thing that you can think of, maybe you wrap yourself in a warm blanket of Satan made them do it. I don't understand well, I that I don't understand it either because because inside, now I have to look out for people and Satan and I right. just can't that's too much. The um when you look at the teachings of the organized church and sometimes I feel like the evangelical church is not organized there's a lot about human evil and what we do and the perversity of our natures and so there's a lot of really deep thought, but we're going to bypass all that and just jump to witches, and yeah, which we've don't. been doing for hundreds of years. And I, I don't understand why we need to go there. I don't when, understand. It's this, but it's yeah. this exact same mindset in a very different form, which when I was a pagan mm-hmm. and identified as a pagan, I would be on chat rooms and they'd be like, I'm, and, and other people would be mm-hmm. like, I'm having a fight with my roommate. Does anybody know a spell? And I'm yeah. like... A conversation. You need to have a conversation. What's the conversation spell. Just talk to them. It's not. Yeah. It's not about finding a magical solution to your problems. Mm-hmm. It's about confronting your the problem as it exists in your life and finding a solution to it. Yeah. As it exists in your life, and maybe that's boring or not as comforting to people, but. To have to worry about not only the people I can see, uh-huh. but all of the people or the the entities I can't see right. surrounding me in doom, that makes me want to go to bed and never get up. Well, I think that's part of the reason why they react and behave the way that they do. When I was a young person around this time, the kind of panic had spread to the point and we'll discuss this next time or in the future. In the future. We're next discussing. time, guys, I'm promising a good news right. podcast. Um, we we probably discuss uh, music because that's a whole other topic okay. about what that was uh, going on at the time. And as I, I mentioned that before, uh, we had a special speaker bring all sorts of albums to the church to show us satanic album covers and... Yes, those did exist. They were mostly there because part of what rock music has always done is stick its finger in the eye of society. Yeah. And so that's going to Does be a part of it. Does this scare you? Do they, we will put uh, it on our wall. Do I believe that Iron Maiden was full of Satan worshippers? Probably no. not. Um, Judas Priest is headed by a gay guy, so... Right. And that was... <laughs> no, I'm not was, saying anything about right, it. Right, look at I'm this. Not, You're starting just, a rumor. Well, no, it's not a rumor. The lead singer of Judas Priest is an no, openly no, gay man. Your, this is the kind of, uh, what's Peraro's old joke, you know, Joan of Arc burned her stake. Shh, that's how a rumor gets started. Um, 
<laughs> that was one of his cards. Never mind. You can I don't that. understand that joke. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. But, yeah, but what we it was so extreme at points that when I was going to Shiloh Christian Academy, we had to be on the lookout for symbols of satanic stuff everywhere, including not up into here's the other the thing. The Care Bears Funny. actually at one point. Yes, From a psychological perspective, mm. if you tell somebody that something is everywhere, they will see it everywhere. Yes. It's called confirmation Absolutely. bias. It's like, and this happens to me probably once a week, mm. right? I'll learn a new word that I will, at the age of 40, have never heard before. And then in the next week, I will see it four times. And I'll be like, is this a new word? Right. <laughs> what has happened? No, I just... And now aware, aware of, of a thing yeah. that I was not previously aware of. And that happened. That is humans like to group things and make patterns. It's what our brain just naturally well, or it's does. It's the way to assimilate information. It's why we see faces and everything. It's yeah. why, like, it's, yes, it's how we can organize. And especially today, mm -hmm. with as much information as coming at us from so many different sources, right. that's how our brains. Cope. And it could be very much tied to the spirit of the times, what people just choose to believe against all rationality. There's always that. Yeah, and that I just... It's, uh, and, conspiracy theories mm. are just a thing I don't understand because the mental gymnastics that I have to do to make that mm -hmm. make sense in the world that I've experienced for said 40 years, mm -hmm. I don't have time or energy for it. I just, I don't... And this is, I would like to, I will say, I don't know that... I, as we covered in the last time that we discussed this topic, I believe in evil spirits. I do believe there's... And we're going to discuss that at some That's point in the fine. future. That's fine, yes, yeah. To cover exactly what that means. Right. Because um, I don't want people to think that I, I believe in Jack T. Chick's, you know, weird and wacky world of... <laughs> Angels tripping people and pinching yeah. them. and All right. But what I am saying is that I don't think this had anything to do with it. No. I think this is people getting this sort of febrile imagination. They're, yeah. they're, they're running off and seeing things that aren't there. They're making claims that are positively medieval. And giving themselves um, attention. It's attention-seeking mm -hmm. behavior, yes. and right? And the people who set this up, what, what struck and me then in this review financial. This, right. The financial gain that pads are... And uh, the other woman, whose name just escaped. Laura Wilson. Wilson did. The gain that they had from telling this story, I mean, they're appearing on Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. And this is the peak of her Oprah-ness, mm -hmm. before she became more of an influencer. The, right. When she no, had this, this is huge when, yeah, audience. Yeah. And so she's going on, uh, she's putting, in 2020, and I'm not just putting the blame on Oprah, yeah. everyone was no. saying, these are the people to listen to on this subject, and they are essentially just talking out of their hat. Yeah. One of them, I mean, if we even give the excuse to Padzer, Wilson is just outright lying. She's she, just outright lying. And she knows she's lying right. because she's going to sure go do it again. I didn't see the Oprah appearance. I didn't see the 2020. I'm sure that Wilson was full of tears and sadness and the, she was being supported by the audience for these horrible things mm -hmm. that were going on and, you know, you're really, we're really sad this yeah, happened to you. Yeah, that she was, she, that, that is right. an illness. That is a, that is a, like a, similar to what we always see on television, which is mm -hmm. Munchausen by proxy, where you make right. your, your, um, someone else sick yes to be to get the attention of yeah. ha of being a caretaker of someone who is sick by proxy just means it's someone else munchausen's disorder is when mm -hmm. you do that to yourself but it's not necessarily making yourself sick mm -hmm. it could be making yourself right. a victim of something so the consequences of all the satanic panic is something we can discuss in the future yes. but i wanted to introduce people to the idea of what happened? Because we've discussed how we now have sort of these modern ideas about it. It's yeah. still in the public consciousness. Yeah. Um, but where it really had to start in the, oh, 30 years ago? Was it? 40. 40 years ago. Oh, good Lord. I'm old. Well, 45, really. Yeah. 73 would is almost 50 years ago. Yeah. Right? So, but um, it really was a product of the 80s because that's when he wrote the book. And that's yeah. when all sorts of ideas began to gather together or congeal. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you like it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home, withoutworkspodcast.com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts for our episodes can be found there. 
We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and we're on Facebook if you search withoutworkspodcast. Links to all of those things on the website at withoutworkspodcast.com. So go over there, have a look around. I've been Lemuel, and she's been Amity, and we urge you to go out there and do something good.